Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello? Give this a moment to get started. Happy Thursday. I hope you all are having a wonderful week. I cannot believe how fast time goes. I don't know if any of you guys feel that way, but it literally feels like it was just like January 1st, like the beginning of the year. And here we are in the middle of June. I will say that this is absolutely my favorite time of year. I love how long the days are. It's like my most favorite time of year because it's light at 5 a.m. and it stays light until like 9 p.m. So it is seriously my most favorite time of year. I love spending extra time with my horses, extra time at the barn. Um, So yeah, let me know in the comments is your favorite time of year as well. In tonight's Q&A, I have many questions from you guys that I definitely want to get to and want to answer. Um, I also always like to give you guys a little recap update about what's going on with me, what's going on in my life. Um, So last weekend, we were at the horse show in Temecula. That's why we did the live call on Wednesday instead of Thursday. And I'm happy to say that I think all three of my horses are qualified to go to Chicago, and I also have a student qualified. Um, So Chicago is the national championships, and that is at the end of August. And basically, they take the top 12 horses, it's 12 or 15, from the nation, and they all come together at a show called Lamplight in just just outside of Chicago. So I'm hoping that I get to go this year. It's just an honor to have been able to compete and qualify my horses. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's always a little bit um, scary. Like I was, um, for those of you guys that are in the monthly workshops that I do, this month we're talking about rider psychology and psychology is seriously such a huge part of your riding. And my husband said, he said, believe you can or believe you can't either way you're right. I work with a lot of riders. I worked with many different students and I find that the students that believe in themselves and have a positive outlook make so much more progress than the ones that can be like a little bit negative or putting themselves down or just always looking at the bad side of things instead of the positive side of things. Um, And we all do it to ourselves. For me right now, you know, to think about like traveling across the country and showing at the nationals, it's a little bit scary and it's putting yourself out there and setting yourself up like something bad could happen and it could go terribly wrong. But that's part of life is taking those risks, putting yourself out there and also training your brain like to really believe in yourself and to see the positive and to think positive. Because if you think positive, then it's going to go well. If you think negative, it's not going to go well. So um, 
So yeah, if you guys are part of the monthly workshops, I'm doing the lecture again on Sunday and I did it last night. Everyone like raved about it and said they loved it. So I'm going to do it again on Sunday. Um, it's a hard one. The other thing that I talk about in the lecture is this idea of mindfulness, which is huge. When you can bring mindfulness to your ride, it seriously is going to transform your ride. So what do I mean by mindfulness? I mean where you can kind of take yourself outside of your body and be able to analyze the thoughts, the emotions, and the feelings that you're having. Because once you can assess these and feel these things, then you can start to change them. So hi, Lucy. I see you here on YouTube. Let's see who's over here on Facebook. Hi, Karen. Um, yes, think positive. Absolutely. Have to think positive. Okay, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. So we had many students join the Rider Physician Masterclass, which is so awesome. I'm so excited to have you guys and to help you through the materials in the course. I, for one, will be the first to admit that I have not been so good about my fitness lately. It is so easy to get really, really busy and forget how important it is to take care of your body and of your health so that you can ride better and be better for your horse when you get in the saddle. So I've been motivated to work out. Um, I printed out I, in the course, there's like a little fitness diary, which I've printed out and been filling out, except I need to catch up. I've been trying to do one thing a day to improve my position. And it's really important that you do things out of the saddle to improve your position. So like one thing, for example, I'm standing up right now. I got a standing desk and I have this little balance board so that while I'm standing here talking to you guys, working on my computer, I can alternate between sitting and standing because I find that when I sit and I do a lot of computer work, I start to get stiff. It's not good for my riding. So that's one thing I've been doing. I've also been trying to do Pilates sessions. So I got some in the course. There's some Pilates sessions from Stephanie and they're so good. Why I love Pilates is because like it's basically like dressage. Like what we tell our horses to do is what Pilates is for our body. It's so funny. Like seriously, so in some of those Pilates moves, I can totally identify with my horse. I'm like, okay, this must be what my horse feels like when I'm asking my horse to do like haunches in or shoulder in or something. So basically there are a lot of similarities between Pilates and dressage. And one thing that's really true for our horses is that they need to be really flexible in their body and they also have to be really strong. And that's the same thing for us, that we need to be really flexible in our bodies and really strong and really symmetrical, just like our horses. So that's why some types of exercise like weightlifting and like getting super big muscles aren't really good for dressage riders because then you're going to be like so stiff that you can't really move with your horse. So I've definitely learned the hard way. And as I'm like, getting older. I don't know. Am I getting, am I old yet? I don't know. But I definitely 
don't feel like I did when I was in my 20s. So when I was in my 20s, I used to do like a lot of like jumping and hit workouts. And now I think I'm getting old because I prefer more like Pilates or Ross over here on YouTube says yoga. Yeah, yoga is good. Although I don't know, I still just um, don't really have the uh, patience for yoga. Let's see. Elise says, I love my standing desk. Yes. Um, yeah. Alternating between standing and sitting. Donna, working out today was ripping out my kitchen floor. Wow. <laughs> okay. That sounds, that sounds like a lot of work. Okay. I want to get to the questions because we have a lot of them today. So let me pull up the questions and, um, First, I'm going to answer the questions from Patreon. So if you haven't checked me out on Patreon yet, um, I post a lot of kind of behind the scenes footage on there. So if you want to see more of like my tests from the horse show, I posted um, Luigi's full test and Kensington's full test and just a lot of kind of extra behind the scene videos. Those all go up on Patreon. We have a few new members this week. So Denise, Jody, Kathy Kane, and Jeannie. So thank you guys for your support on Patreon. The first question is from Allison. So good morning. I did my first dressage equitation class this past weekend. And the judge mentioned more than once that I need to have better following hands at the trot. My, pretty, my hands are pretty good at the walk in the canner because of its cadence, but the rhythm of the trot is such that I feel I would pop on and off the contact if I try to follow any more of an exaggerated motion. Um, so this is a little bit of a really good question and your elbows play a really important role in maintaining steady contact with your horse's mouth. So at the walk in the canter, your horse has a nodding motion to their neck. Because of that, your elbows have to a little bit bend and straighten in order to follow that nodding motion and maintain a steady contact. Now, the same thing is actually true at the trot, but it's not quite as much. So when you're posting the trot, your elbows have to bend and straighten. If you think about like a kid, like think about you've seen a little kid learning how to ride. And oftentimes little kids, when they post, their hands go up and down with their butt while they're posting the trot. You don't want that. So when you're in the posting trot, like if you're sitting at a desk or like I'm standing here, you can kind of rest your hands on your desk and think about like if you squat down a little bit, your elbows bend. If you stand up, your elbows straighten. If you squat down, your elbows bend. If you stand up, your elbows straighten. So that's really how you need to have flexibility in your elbows in the posting trot in order to establish a steady contact and so that your hands don't bounce up and down with your seat. Now, in the sitting trot, a little bit the same thing, but not as much. At sitting trot, your horse is kind of like a trampoline, like there's bounce, right? And so when your seat and your pelvis are bouncing up and down, your elbows just a little bit need to bend and straighten in order to absorb that shock. So 
I hope that helps you, Allison. Check out my YouTube channel. Actually, the video that I did last week, I think it was called just like ride better, fix your position or something like it. That that video shows some slow motion of really nice following elbows in the trot. So that might help you. But definitely getting your elbows following correctly is a hard thing. Okay, next question is from Lucy. Question, why does my horse pull me all the time? I try to have soft hands. Okay, this is a great question. I see you're here, Lucy. So it's really hard, right? Because we hear over and over again, like soft hands, light hands, forward feeling hands. You don't want to pull on your horse's mouth, but it's all about timing. And what I mean by that is that in order to have soft hands, your horse has to understand to give to the pressure of the bit. So at a very basic level, like if you're just standing and if you pull on the left rein, your horse should bend their head around to the left. If you pull on the right rein, they should bend their head around to the right. If you take pressure on the bit, like on both sides of the bit, they should kind of flex at the pole and come off of that pressure. So it's important that your horse understands that and you train your horse to do that. It's all about pressure and release. So you put pressure on the bit when your horse gives, that's when you get soft. Sometimes what happens is that you soften at the wrong moment. So for example, if you give the rein at the same time that your horse sticks their head straight up in the air, like, yes, you have soft hands, but you haven't taught your horse anything. So you want to have soft hands when your horse is soft, when your horse is doing the correct thing. And then if they're not doing the correct thing, then they run into a little bit of pressure. So it's a really, really hard thing. And um, actually, we have some exciting content that I think is going to be coming out soon. I'm not going to give it away, but it involves a challenge and helping you guys understand about how to use your hands, how to get your horse round, because this is one of the hardest things in dressage. And I remember when I was first going back into dressage, like I started riding dressage, then I went Western for a while, then I came back into dressage. And I just felt like I was like pulling on my horse all the time. And like my hands hurt and I had blisters and my horse was unhappy and it it's hard to understand how to get softness and connection and have your horse round and not pull on your horse and all of those things. Um, okay. Good question, Lucy. But yeah, it's a, it's a process. And especially once your horse kind of learns that they can pull on you or that they can be strong, it takes a long time to fix that. Next question is from Kathy. How can I keep my horse from opening his mouth, especially in the rain bag and sometimes in the half pass? I'm doing third level with him. Okay, another good question about contact. So if your horse opens their mouth, it's a sign that they're not really in self-carriage and that they're not, that they're a little bit evading the contact. So in the rain back, what you want to get is you want to get where you can get your horse to back without so much pressure in your hand. Because when you're getting that more pressure in the bit to kind of have to pull your horse backwards, that's what's causing the mouth to open. 
What I would do in that case is I would like go forward again, get your horse really round and soft going forward, then halt, keep your horse soft, then try to back up a few steps um, and try to get the rein back to come more from your seat where you're not pulling so hard with your hands. Um, and then if you feel like your horse is getting strong, then go forward again. So it's, it's going to be a lot of transitions of like forward, back, forward, back, forward, back, and just making sure that you, um, that you don't pull harder to get your horse to go backwards. Okay. Next question is from Andrea. I need help with my free walk. My horse doesn't really swing and reach and he definitely doesn't lower and stretch his neck. I do lateral exercises and bending exercises before the trot and canter. Also, maybe this is related. He canters well in a circle, but won't canter in a straight line. He will lean and try to fall into a circle and eventually breaks to a trot. Okay, good question. So as far as the free walk, a couple of things. One is that the best place to work on your walk is a lot of times outside of the arena. So if you have like a trail or a place that you can hack out, that's going to really be the best place to get your horse just walking out, swinging through their body, um, getting that activity. I always say that you want your horse to walk like a runway model, like to really swing their hips. If you don't have any trails, another great thing is to set out some poles, like just some ground poles to walk your horse over, because again, that's going to make your horse lift up their legs a little bit more and swing a bit more through their body. As far as getting your horse to stretch their neck down, um, one thing that I do a lot is I do it from the ground. So teaching your horse a pull release, like where you can get them to drop their head. And then also teaching your horse that when you lead them forward, like say you're just hand walking your horse with the bridle on. Um, what you can start to do is you can start to put a little pressure on the bit to get the horse to drop their neck down while you're hand walking. So I recommend teaching your horse the free walk from the ground. I'm a big fan of groundwork. We're going to do our groundwork course again this fall because it was so popular when we did it at the beginning of the year. But whenever I'm having a problem with my horse, I try to solve it from the ground. And oftentimes you can solve it from the ground and it's a lot better to solve it from the ground because then you don't have to um, get into like a big fight with your horse. So I hope that helps you with your horse, Andrea, and um, groundwork all the way. Let me know in the comments if any of you guys are groundwork fans with your horses, if I've converted you. I was not a groundwork person until I had a horse that reared and I went to do Western for a while, or until I started tons of young horses. That was my whole business. Okay, Lori, how do I keep my horse rounder in the canter. <laughs> okay. This is a hard one. I would say if you're struggling to keep your horse round in the canter, go back to the trot and make your horse like really, really round in the trot. Then go to the canter. If it falls apart, go back to the trot. The better that you can get it at the trot, 
it will eventually carry over to the canter. It might take some time, but just keep going back to the trot, make it your horse extra round and extra through in the trot, and it will um, carry over into the canter. Okay, let's see. Karen and Lori do groundwork. Good for you guys. Crystal, groundwork. Awesome. Um, always been a groundwork person, says Bobby. Yeah, so groundwork. Also, like with the canter, um, you might try lunging a little bit. Uh, just be careful. Uh, side reins, you want to introduce them very carefully. Okay. Here's one from Kina. This is, this is a good question. I have no idea when my horse's hind legs are leaving the ground. What do I do to learn to feel that from the saddle? <laughs> okay, this is a hard one. To be honest, I think that you don't want to like overly obsess about exactly when the hind leg is leaving the ground because oftentimes I think that there's people get like obsessed about that and they forget to keep riding and thinking about other things. So that said, when you're riding and your horse is hind leg leaves the ground, what happens is when the hind leg leaves the ground, the hip drops a little bit. So like if you're standing up, which I am right now, if you lift up your left leg, your left hip drops just a little bit. So when you're riding, what you'll feel is when that, that hind leg lifts up, you'll feel your hip drop a little bit down. And it is really important to train yourself. I always say, feel what's happening behind you. Because oftentimes all we focus on is the reins and what's happening with the horse's neck in front of us. And you need to start feeling what's happening behind you as far as where the hind legs are, if the back is up, if the croup is up, all of those kind of things are super important. Okay, let's see. Eliza says, when I lunge my horse, he rears at me. Any tips? Okay, that is not good if your horse rears at you. So if your horse is rearing at you, it's a sign that they are not respectful and they're not supple. So if they rear at you, when, when horses rear, they stop their hind end. So basically the solution to rearing is you have to get the horse to disengage and move their hind end. So if I have a horse that rears at me, I try to fix it before it happens. If you miss that, you want to get like closer to the hindquarters and get the horse to yield away from you and to get those hindquarters moving so that they cannot rear up. Um, okay. Next question. Hang on. I have a few from Instagram. If you guys don't follow me on Instagram yet, you should. It's, I think it's at Amelia Newcomb Dressage. I'm so bad. But yeah, at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, we are getting some really good reels up. So we posted one today, which you might have seen about the canter transition. Um, my assistant Kane also made a really cool one of Luigi. So we're trying to up our game on reels because short form footage, like short videos, reels are typically about like 15 seconds and that's the future. Everyone's attention span is getting shorter and shorter. So we're going to try to convince like or condense our educational videos into like short little snippets, which I think is going to be super cool. And 
it's so fun for me. Like I love creating this content and helping you guys out. It makes me so happy. I had a student last night on my Zoom call and she was sharing with me her progress. She'd move it up a level and she was just so grateful for the content. She said she lives in a rural area and she doesn't really have a good trainer. And it just made me so happy. But I also want to congratulate all of you guys because you guys are really the ones that are putting in the work, studying the videos, and then implementing what I'm teaching. And that is what makes the difference. So kudos to all of you guys for being awesome students, working super hard, implementing this stuff, uh, listening to these Facebook Lives, we also, we always make these into podcasts. So you may be listening to this as a podcast. If you haven't checked out my podcast yet, it's Dressage with Amelia. So if you ever miss one of these, they do get posted on the podcast and that way you can listen to it at your convenience. So we are going all out um, to make this, uh, make Dressage accessible to everyone. That is our mission here. Okay. Here's a few good questions from Instagram. When do you start young horses under saddle? That's from Lauren. So in general, I like to start them when they are three, like the like after they've turned three, the summer after they've turned three. Um, I like to get them going kind of walk, trot, canter. And then if they are a big horse or like super awkward or growing a lot, turn them out and then bring them back in. But you don't want to wait too long because if you say wait until they're like six before you start them, they're like teenagers and they're really difficult to start. So yes, when they're three, they're not completely done growing physically, but you want to, it's like your kid, right? You've got to send your kid to school before they're completely mature. Because if you wait until your kid is mature and then try to send your kid to school, they're, they're not ever going to develop that work ethic. So you do have to kind of get your horses going a little bit as they develop and just be careful with the young horses. I do like, you know, 20 minutes or even when I start, I do mostly groundwork, get on ride for five minutes and then just like really short, short and sweet and to the point. I do not ride them for an hour. Okay, um, Clarice, both me and my horse recently had surgery. Any advice for coming back into riding in a few weeks? Um, yes, take it slow and do lots of groundwork. So it's always important when you're starting up again that you stay on the safe side and groundwork is definitely key. So yes. Oh, I'm tired tonight. I don't know why. Okay, next one from Hartley. How do I supple my horse more effectively? Um, I'm going to have to say groundwork. <laughs> I love groundwork, bending, yielding, all of that stuff is really key to get your horse supple. The more that you can move them around left and right and do your groundwork will help with that. Uh, Claudia, how do you slow the trot tempo without blocking the horse? and keep them round. So if I have a horse that's kind of going faster than I want at the trot, I will just make a circle rather than pulling on two reins. Cause if you pull on two reins, it's just going to create tension and the horse is going to go faster. So just turn, make a circle, 
post heavier, think about feeling really heavy in the saddle, use your weight aid a little bit, and that will help get the horse to slow down. What are the next question? What are the best exercises to strengthen a weaker hind leg? Uh, transitions. So upward transitions, downward transitions, especially in the upward transitions, you want to feel the horse push off of the hind leg into the trot. Like if you're doing a walk to trot, you want to feel the horse push off the hind leg and that's going to help to strengthen the hind end. Next question. How do you turn your toe in? I have long legs and tend to turn my knee and ankle out. Good question. So to get your toe pointing forward, you have to rotate in from your hip. So you like literally have to take your thigh out of the saddle, turn your knee forward into the saddle, and then put your leg back on the horse. Also, if your toes turn out, pay attention to how you walk, how you sleep, everything else that you do in your life. I used to walk kind of pigeon-toed, and I really had to train myself to walk with my feet straight. And my toes still turn out a little when I ride. So it's a work in progress. Um, okay, Kareen, how are you, are you supposed to post low in the saddle or a little higher? Okay, that's a good question. So posting trot, you definitely want to come out of the saddle. Like in posting trot, that's the purpose is that you come out of the saddle. Um, how high you post depends on how short your stirrups are. So for dressage length, usually your stirrup should be about level with your ankle bone. And that gets you out of the saddle some when you're posting, but you don't want to post so high that you're like airborne. <laughs> because if you're posting really high and if your horse like spins or spooks or does something, there's a good likelihood that you might not end up back in the saddle. So you want to come out of the saddle and posting trot, but you shouldn't be like launching out of the saddle. So awesome. Those were really good questions. I hope you guys enjoyed those questions. I enjoyed those questions. And um, yeah, thank you all so much for being a part of this community and for asking your questions, for riding your horses and for, to keep learning because that's really what I love about it is that you're never done learning. We're always working on improving and getting better and learning new exercises. And it's really fun. It's fun to be on this journey with you guys. And um, yeah, so I hope you all have a wonderful evening. I hope you have some fun horsey activities planned for this weekend. Um, yeah. And that's it. I'm going to go get some dinner and enjoy the rest of my evening. So thank you all for being here and we'll see you next Thursday. Bye everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, Get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.